Welcome to Brisbane West Vineyards Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We're a community of people sharing God's love, power, and life that's revealed in Jesus. We gather Sundays, 5pm, at Good News Lutheran School in Middle Park. We exist simply for the King and His Kingdom, that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we've been looking at um, these questions, and we're going to look at them uh, in terms of what it is to be a living uh, sacrifice in terms of our bodies. So what does it look like to be a living sacrifice? What does it mean to give ourselves wholly to God? Uh, and what does it mean for me in this season of my life to say yes to Him? Um, so the next slide, please, is where we're going to land. Now, I've realized... Um, in the coming slides, I've done a lot of pictures to help give a visual portrayal of the journey we're going to go on. Um, so I realise for some of us that's going to be a little bit complicated to see. Um, but today we're in Romans 6, and we could actually summarise. So this is my summary of where we are off to. So this is what it says. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Romans. Um, the paraphrase, the summary is God's free gift which is the life of the age to come, is here in you, in Jesus. Through baptism, its power sets you free from sin and death into a new identity and destiny. Therefore, now if you remember Jonathan at the start of the series talked about indicative and then the imperative, okay? This is what the therefore is for. This is the imperative part. Do not Allow the death of this age to rule again in your bodies. You are not dead. You are alive to God in the power of the age to come. So how did the death of this age, Paul talks about in here, how did it come about? Now, we've all been in church long enough and we've all heard enough scripture um, to know where it came about. But we're just going to cover it a little bit because... The trajectory that we're going to land today doesn't allow us to bypass it, all right? So, um, Sam, if we could go to the next one, please. Paul says this in Romans 5.12. Okay, so this is before the verse we're in today. He says, Just as sin came into the world through one human being, which he's referring to as Adam, and death came through Adam's sin, Okay, so notice that death came after Adam's sin. Death comes to every human because all have sinned. Right? I'm going to go to the next slide, please. All right, so let's do our best on the diagrams here. All right? So God established Adam and Eve with two key aspects in Genesis. Okay? Those two aspects were identity and destiny. Okay, identity first and then destiny second. So Adam's identity is born as God takes the dirt that he had already made good. Okay, so just think about that. God had already declared that the dirt was good. And he forms Adam and then later Eve. He breathes life into them. Now after this event, we see that God declares over Adam and over Eve that they're not just good like the dirt. They're very good, 
All right, so you can see the distinction there. Adam and Eve were not created solely by the imagination of God. They were created in the reflection of God. So this is Adam and Eve's identity, a very good reflection of God. Now, destiny. Destiny then, God's destiny for Adam and Eve is then bestowed on top of their identity. Not first, but second. And it is from this place of identity that God created, sorry, declared that he had made them in his image and his likeness, which was good. And then he says, now go forth, subdue the earth with goodness. Right? This was God's destiny declared over them. So Adam and Eve were to rule under God's goodness. That was their destiny. But we just read in Romans 5.12 that the Apostle Paul says that something toxic has come in. Uh, And if we can go to the next slide, please, Sam. Something toxic has come in to Adam and to Eve. Now, death has come to Adam through sin. Now, when Adam and Eve turned their back towards God, they effectively did this to him, right? Turned their back towards him. What they turned their back on was not only God, but actually God's declaration of their identity and their destiny of goodness, right? They exchanged the good truth for a good lie, right? But they weren't created good, they were created very good, right? This was the fall of humanity. So you'll see I've got a little fruit bowl there <laughs> and an X next to it. Um, not all fruit bowls are bad. Now, in consuming the fruit, Adam and Eve submitted themselves to the ruler of the prince of the air, which is uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians 2.12. Now, the prince or the lord of the air, he's actually the law of, lord of what? Does anybody know? Rebellion. Every time that we act in rebellion against God, we are serving the rebellious Lord. Now, Satan didn't want God and his goodness for Satan. He wanted to determine that for himself. Now, when we give our bodies, by what we do and what we say, to sin, then it produces death. But really what we're doing is we're in service to the Lord of lies. Now Paul told us before that if anyone, um, so all of us had sinned, and death rules over Adam now, okay? So that means, when we follow the line, that you and me are now subject to death's rule over our identity and our destiny, all right? So this is the fate that Adam and Eve and then every generation has come under, identity and destiny. Now, if we go to the next slide, please. There's a lot on this slide, 
but it'll make a lot of sense as you start from the left and we move across, right? But God chose us not to die. Scripture tells us that Jesus came to earth, okay? So the green is the kingdom of God breaking in, all right? And so the black, obviously, well, that's sin and death. Now, Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life, and he did not submit to rebellion. So remember in the temptation, Satan was like, hey, come and do things my way. And Jesus was like, nah, I don't think I will, right? So there was no rebellion in Jesus. Now, the M&M is not for M&Ms, which is one of my favorite chocolates, by the way. Um, Here, we're talking about the ministry and the message of Jesus, right? Again, the icon is green. Right Now, Jesus' message was pretty simple, which was repent. So turn from your backs towards God, turn around and face God because God's kingdom is at hand. Right Now, his ministry and his message, well, they consisted of two things. He declared his identity and then he demonstrated his identity through his destiny which we know then turns into his death, burial, and his resurrection. Now, before his death, burial, and resurrection, we see down the bottom, which is very hard to read, and I apologize for that, God made him, this is 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him Jesus who knew no sin, right? So he was not born of Adam. To be sin... On our behalf. All right? So the good news for us is that our souls and our bodies and our minds, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, um, he actually brings the end to death's rulership over us through his death, burial, and his resurrection. So it's good news for our bodies and our minds and our souls. Now, Jesus does something else. In Matthew 26, he says, just before he is crucified, he prophesies and he says to them, which basically is the last nail in the coffin. He's standing in front of the Pharisees and he says, surely you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Now, this is Jesus uh, Speaking of his ascension, all right? Now, that's, I've listed there as blue, so you can follow through that. Now, speaking of the ascension, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus becomes the new Adam, right? Everyone following with me here? We've got a little bit. He became everything Adam was supposed to be and more. So now we're going to look for the little blue icons as we go on, okay? The last thing we see here is that Jesus tells his disciples, stay in Jerusalem, there's a gift from my Father that is coming. And you will be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is our last little section. Now if we go to the next slide, thank you Sam. Now, here's where we arrive at how these things apply to us. What Jesus did on the cross and how it informs our identity 
and how it forms our destiny and what our bodies have to do with this, right? So if we go to the next one, please. I know we'll go back one. Thank you. In the top left-hand corner here, you'll notice we got picture of the cross, which we saw before, his burial. The clouds and the sunshine was the resurrection and the rocket, which <laughs> I... I typed in ascension, right? And then I thought, of course, it has to be a picture of a rocket, right? <laughs> Someone flying up into the heavens. What else could there be, right? Um, in Galatians 3.13, um, it says, Christ redeemed us by becoming the curse for us, right? This is a reference back to the Old Testament, where in Deuteronomy it says that if anyone is hung on a tree, they are cursed, all right. So in Jesus hanging on the cross and the Father placing all of humanity's sin in the past, in the present, and in the future on Jesus, what we see is that sin becomes cursed to the cross. Now, if we look across, we see the burial. Okay, so we're still in the orange box for those who are wondering where we are. Looking at the next little emblem, Jesus is Burial actually buried sin, okay? And kept it into the tomb. Now, if you think about the Easter story, I reread it because we're kind of approaching it. Um, there was only one thing left in the tomb when Jesus was resurrected. Can anybody? Clothes, right? His burial garments. Now, these are a symbolic sign that sin is left in the grave. Now, the next thing we see is that God, in resurrecting Jesus, broke the power of death for one and for all. All right? That's the resurrection. And then finally, his ascension empowers us because he has gone not on holidays, but straight to the right hand of the Father as the new Adam. Now, from the position of power, he sends the Holy Spirit, right? The declaration is that the Holy Spirit's not going to fall on a few of us, but he's going to come upon all flesh. Now, that actually couldn't be achieved by Adam, and it couldn't have been achieved by previous generations. So it is Jesus' life Message and ministry, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. All right. Okay, we've made that. Everyone with me? So here's how it applies to us. When you become a Christian, you made a confession that Jesus is Lord. Okay? So you have turned your back from God and you have turned your face towards Jesus, and you have made a declaration that he is Lord, right? He is seated at the right hand of power. That's our declaration. That's your confession. But a part of that is for you to believe that he has ascended, is the right hand, you have to believe everything that I've just told you before that, that he overcame sin and death. Now, Scripture tells us we need to confess it with our mouth and believe it in our hearts. But Jesus calls us to do one more thing. He says, which is obviously all of our favorite 
take up your cross and follow me, right? No one gets up in the morning and says, another cross day for me. This is going to be excellent. So how do we do this? Well, we actually do this when we become, in the blue section, baptized. Now, this is Paul speaking to the Christian. So I just want to say that if someone's under the sound of my voice and you're not a Christian, then you need to do the confession and the believing part. Okay? Really crucial. That's very important. Baptism is key. And if you're not baptized, we need to get you baptized. Okay? Regeneration, which is the part I'm going to talk about next, cannot happen without baptism. Water baptism? I'll come to that. Claire's just brought a point about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're talking about baptism in water, and then I'm going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to get it. All right? This is the exciting part. Now, this is Paul speaking to a Christian has, who has been baptized. Okay? This is really important. Paul says very clearly in Romans 6.6, 6, now I've got a picture of uh, what would be you and me before we were saved. Okay? You can see the cloud and the little snake. It's hard to see uh, this far away. But this is what Paul says. If you have gone into baptism, Romans 6, 6, this is what we know, he says. Your old humanity was crucified with the Messiah, so the bodily solidarity of sin might be abolished, and that we should no longer be enslaved to sin. Okay? As a Christian who is baptized, your sin has been crucified on the cross. Everyone with me on that? But notice Paul says something here. This is what we know. This is his opening line. So if you don't know that that's happened, we have to start here. This is very important. Now the next thing he says, Romans 6, 3 and 4, he says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized in the Messiah Jesus were baptized into his death. That means we are buried with him through the baptism into death. Okay, so as a Christian, we've been buried, sin is buried for us. Right? Now, I was reading this week, has anyone heard of the author A.W. Tozer? Okay, I bought three books, I've read two pages. <laughs> Um, the guy has a wavelength I'm not quite on yet. Okay, but this is what he says about the cross and death. And just let this word sink in. The cross is the symbol of death. It stands for the abrupt, violent end of a human being. The man in Roman times who took up his cross started down the road but had already said goodbye to his family and his friends. He was not coming back. He was going out and it was going to end him. The cross made no compromise. It modified nothing. It spared no one. 
it slew every man and man completely and for good. It struck cruel and hard, and when it had finished its work, the man was no more. Right? This is his final statement, which I love. God salvages the individual by liquidating him in baptism. And then he raises him again to new life. Okay. Paul tells us that if anyone is now in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold. Okay, so we all know this. But what are we beholding? The new gift in Jesus, which is the life of the age to come. That's what we are beholding. Through baptism, we become the new humanity. Jesus started this by coming to earth, prophesying about his ministry, his message, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Okay? The new humanity, the new Adam. This was the Father's plan all along. This is a summary on this side is identity. I'll make the PowerPoints available for everyone if they want to. Identity comes first. Okay? In baptism, you and me are the new humanity. We are absolutely crucified to sin. We are absolutely buried to sin. But here's Paul's third part. He says, we are instructed to be alive to God, which is in the bottom section there. So how do we live as people who are alive to God? Well, in Romans 6, 13, which is the middle of our passages, he says, present your limbs and your organs to God to be used for righteous purposes. Okay? Now, remember before that on the destiny side, which is on this side, we are to now live as people who are alive. So we are no longer dead. We are alive. So this is the scripture in context. I've highlighted the bit I just read. I wanted to start with that because so often in our minds we struggle with the do nots, right? Do you know why? Because we can be rebellious. So this is what Paul says. Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal bodies. Now I've put in brackets here, as it did in Adam's. And previously, your life. Nor should you present your limbs and organs to sin. Rather, present your limbs and organs to God to be used for righteous purposes. So if you didn't know this, this is who you are in Christ. Now, up until last week, to be really honest with you, I've been living in the destiny column. Whatever I do will make me who I am, okay? Well, that is absolutely not what Paul has been 
saying for a very, very long time. Who would have known? It's amazing when you read scripture and someone opens your eyes to this process of God has done all these things. Now, therefore, you are these things. You can do these things, right? Your identity in Christ is that you are crucified to sin. So what that means is if you have repetitive sin in your life, you need to start reminding it, oh, you belong on the cross. You belong in the tomb. That's where Jesus left it. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Right? And then a part of your identity is to remind yourself, actually, I am alive to God. I am not dead. Now, some days we wake up feeling dead. <laughs> not another day. Here we go. But Paul is saying to us, we are alive to God and therefore we are to live as people alive. So we are to present our limbs. The interesting thing about the context, Paul says limbs and organs, right? Um, for those who have done set free, you will have gone through a fairly long list of things that actually included your organs, commitments, parts of your body, right? Committed to things in rebellion to God. So, my 15 minutes is up. <laughs> I checked, it was only 15. Um, here's what we are going to do. We normally break up into groups. But what I felt the Holy Spirit wanted to do is an extension of what happened in my life a week ago. I would like us to take a moment, just as an individual to read through this prayer and I'll read it out this is a prayer for us to come into alignment with what Paul has written about us as the new humanity now for some of us I was reading this week uh, a John Wimber quote about we are a sinner saved by grace and how Wimber had this experience of believing it his whole life until he realized that when he read Romans 6, he realized that that was well short of actually what Christ had done for him. So this is a prayer that is a breakup of what we have just gone through. And this is what it says. Jesus, thank you for making me alive in God. Thank you, I was crucified and buried to sin on the cross. Forgive me for giving my limbs and my organs to death through sin. And by Jesus' blood, I break death's power completely over my whole being and I surrender myself alive to you in Jesus. Okay? So I'd like to encourage us, we're going to take a minute or so. We want you to pray through this. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. And then what I'd like to do, Sam, if you can go to the next one, is we're going to just get into pairs, okay? And if we can, guys with guys, ladies with ladies. And we're going to do a practical part where we actually pray for the other person. This is a blessing upon another person. Jesus, thank you for making Jude alive in God. 
Thank you, Jude was crucified and buried to sin on the cross. Empower Jude to no longer give her limbs and organs to death through sin. By Jesus' blood, I break death's power completely over Jude's whole being. I command life in you, in Jesus. 